Scott Harold is known for his interviews. Boy, you're asking great questions. I think you're in the right career path, my friend. <laughs> I really do. Scott Harold's SOS Radio Podcast starts now. Resilience helps us to beat stress, and we're talking about how it keeps our faith strong and stable with Daniel Fusco on SOS Radio. He's an author and pastor in Vancouver. How are you today? I'm doing great, Scott. How about you, man? You know what? I'm doing all right. Still waking up. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the Apostle Paul calls us out. He says, you know, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And I think with today's drama, a lot of us have a hard time just even imagining what a life totally free of worry could look like. I mean, how have you learned to see stressful situations as opportunities instead, Daniel? Well, you learn it because it happens all the time. And then you have, like you quoted the Apostle Paul in the book of Philippians, of course, Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, don't worry numerous times, but yet we have so many things to worry about. And so if the scriptures are telling us one thing and our experience are like, wait, how are we supposed to do this? I always try and remind people that every time I catch myself getting worried or fearful about something or stressed about something, it's an invitation from Jesus to step into what does it mean to follow him, to trust God, and to know that God is working things without asking my permission to do the things that God wants to do. We're talking about unlocking resilience when life is just a mess. And we're talking with Daniel Fusco today at SWIS Radio. You wrote a new book called You're Going to Make It. In the book, you talk a lot about what resilience is. And, you know, it's interesting because I think a lot of times we just try to grind. We just try to push through. We just think it's our emotional energy, but there's a Holy Spirit component that we totally miss. Well, there totally is. And I think one of the things that we're all learning right now, and especially in the emerging generations or the younger generations, where for the older generations, they just knew how to just grind it out. Like it's kind of hustle culture. You just keep going. The younger generation is struggling to exist within that. And I think what we're all learning is that, and you said it so perfectly, that the presence and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit does change everything for us. Because it's not enough, I think, just to grind it out And you get to the end of your days and you're kind of crispy, jaded, hard-hearted. You know, Jesus wants us to, he came that we would have life and might have life more abundantly. He wants us to be wholehearted. And so I really think that the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of an individual, he's inviting us to allow all of our circumstances, the worry, the stress, the struggles, the suffering, to transform us, to make us like Jesus So that even though we've gone through hard things, we've grown, we've had all these crazy experiences, we look at life and we say, that was hard, but God did a beautiful work. And that's different from just kind of getting to the end and being kind of crispy and jaded. You know, we can go through your life and you can say, okay, that was hard, but I see where God did a beautiful work in you. You sort of learn about resilience. We're talking with Daniel Fusco today at SWIS Radio. He's an author and a pastor in the Vancouver area, but resilience is defined as like a capacity to recover quickly from difficulties, right? And Jesus promised us that difficulties are going to come our way, and it's not really a question of if we're ever going to face a difficult season, but when, but what we're going to do about that. Now, Daniel, what have you learned about some spiritual practices that we might be able to incorporate into our lives to help us become a little more resilient? Well, I think you already kind of teased out one of them, is that's the fact that we should expect that things are not going to go the way that we want them to, that, that struggles, trials, issues, that is par for the course. And so right there, just coming to terms with the fact that on this side of eternity, life is messy. Things aren't going to work out the way we want it to. So that doesn't catch us off guard. It'd be kind of like, you know, the, the football season is underway and, 
And it'd be like a football player being surprised that they got tackled. And it's like, well, no, like you're playing football. And because we're living life, I think a great tool is being willing to, to come to terms with the fact that the unexpected things should be expected. Things aren't going to work. Another thing that I always try and help people understand is that no matter what they're going through, and I really wrote the book, You're Going to Make It, wanting to have almost like a prophetic declaration over people. Like, listen, because Jesus made it, and if you're his, you're going to make it because Jesus made it. And I always try and remind people that wherever they are, that they're in the middle chapters, that the story that God is writing through the circumstances they find themselves in, the story has not yet been completed. You're not at the finale. You're not at the, the conclusion of the story. You're in the middle chapters. And so we need to make sure we get our eyes onto the Lord off of the issues so that we can say, God, I know that you're going to write a beautiful story. And our Bible is full of accounts of people going through horrendous things where God did something amazing. Corey Tenboom said, worry doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow, but it empties today of its strength. And we're talking with Daniel Fusco today at SWS Radio. We've been talking about resilience and growing some of that resilience in our life. And I think a lot of times we hope that through those good times, we're just going to see opportunities and we're just going to grow naturally. But Daniel, most of the time, our growth is coming through the hard times where we're squeezed like a diamond, right? It's like this carbon under pressure for a long period of time. Time is what makes something beautiful, but we don't want to wait on the time. We just want the hope that comes on the other end of it. Yeah, I tell people all the time that we love the outcome, but God loves the process. I love the, the, the example of that, the carbon under pressure, that diamond. Like, you know, when, when the diamond is beautiful, it's been cut by a master jeweler. It's all polished up and it's on a beautiful ring or on a necklace and everyone notices it. But really, we love the outcome because we want to see the beautiful thing that comes out the other end. But really, God loves the process because it's in the process, day in and day out as we go through things, that God wants to really build our character. And that's one of the things I really try and point to is that we don't want to waste the hard things. In the hard things, God is interested in us becoming more like Jesus, and he leverages and uses these situations that we find ourselves in to accomplish that. It's that iron sharpening iron. I always say that, you know, when God is doing the work of character building because it always comes with some friction. And we don't like friction. I, I would rather it not be uh, friction. But I realize that when the sparks start flying, I know that God is a master potter and I'm the clay. And I just need to surrender to what he's doing, knowing that he wants to make something beautiful through all of this. We all feel a little more entitled than we want to admit. And we're talking with Daniel Fusco today at SWS Radio. It's easy for us to become pretty self-centered and think that God owes us something. And the reality of that is that we're probably thinking the Bible's about us, but it's actually about God coming into this world, redeeming us as his children, offering us everlasting life through him. And we just want to think it's through us and that we're like the main character. And it's kind of wild because I think that affects our view of hope, Daniel. Well, it totally does, because I think for most of us, and I love that you said that, like we, we feel a little bit more entitled. That happens, I think, to us because we do live in a world that is, you know, increasingly more comfortable. Just telling my kids, I have a bunch of uh, younger kids and, and some, some early teenagers. And I was telling them, like, they, I was, they were holding my cell phone. And I'm like, man, when I was your age, there was one phone in the house. It was attached to the wall through a, a little wire, <laughs> you know, and only one person could talk at a time. And they were like, no. You know, like, like, how did that even work? I'm like, oh, yeah. And then on, if you didn't watch something on television, you missed it. Like, you weren't going to get it again. You know, and, and they couldn't even imagine. So our culture has been moving more towards ease and comfort, which I think is a good thing. But then what happens is if we don't 
keep our hearts and our heads in our, in our Bibles, we start to translate that spiritually that we think, man, if I'm following the Lord, everything's just going to be more comfortable and easier as time goes on. And what it does is it does skew our view of hope because really hope is born in the crucible of struggle. Like I think of the book of Job, where in all the struggles that Job goes through, all of a sudden it pops out there, but I know that my Redeemer lives and I will stand with him on that day. It's like hope just erupts out of the crucible of Job's suffering. And so in some ways, when we begin to look at, oh, God has a plan in all of this, and that plan is for me to get my eyes off of myself and onto him, that's really where hope is born. I just think we're hoping for things that aren't even realistic because we center hope on us and on our feelings. And the hope that Jesus offers is through him. And if we don't want him and we're not focused on building his kingdom and living in his kingdom, you know, under his authority, we're never going to feel satisfied with hope when we make it about us. You know, there's so many things that Jesus, the Apostle Paul, the scriptures say that kind of hit us like a two-by-four from left field, like you're not expecting it. Like, I love how the Apostle Paul quoted Jesus in Acts chapter 20, where he said that you're more blessed to give than receive. And I'm like, is there any more countercultural thought than that? <laughs> that like, our culture says, man, I'm blessed when people give me things, when, when I get things, when people make much of me. And Jesus, and Paul said, no, Jesus said that you're more blessed when you give. And what happens is if you step into that by faith and you say, listen, rather than hoping to get, I'm just going to go serve. And the joy that is birthed in our hearts as we self-sacrificially serve, when you see someone is now blessed or somebody has something that they really needed because we gave of ourselves, it is so fulfilling. But most of us never actually experience it because, as you're saying, we want it to be about us, our comfort, our ease. We want to do our own kingdom building, you know, the, the kingdom of self, so to speak. But when we step into the things that Jesus has, all of a sudden we're like, wow, this is what I was always hoping for. And I was just looking for it in all the wrong places. So we need to keep our heads and our hearts in our Bibles. Our stressful situations are also God's opportunities. And that's what we're talking about today with Daniel Fusco on SWS Radio. He wrote an entire book all about that whole ideal. It's about unlocking resilience when your life's a mess. It's called You're Going to Make It. But Daniel, when you get to that spot where you start to see the stressful things as actually opportunities instead of just hurdles, I mean, how did you have to learn that tough lesson yourself, Daniel? Well, you know, I wrote the book out of kind of the all of the craziness of the last number of years. I don't have to explain it to everybody. We're all going through it. We're still going through it. Maybe we don't have a pandemic that is ravaged, you know, kind of crushing everything. But now you have inflation. There's all these things going on in the world. And I just realized once I, I landed in the beginning of 2020 as a pastor, walking through life with lots of people, that we were all kind of not prepared for what we were going through. You know, I always like to tell people that, you know, we have to train before the race. I'm not a runner. I'm definitely not running a marathon. But if I was, I wasn't just going to go out there and try and run 26.2 miles in, in, without training a little bit. <laughs> and for many of us, as we're ex experiencing life, we're starting to realize, hey, I'm not really equipped for this. And so I really wanted to, as this was all happening in 2020, and as I was walking with my church family, my own personal family, friends, my community, I'm like, man, we need a manual of how do we really see what God is doing in the midst of this. And really the book was kind of born out of that. When the next stuff happens, I want to have trained for it in the time when it's not insane so that I'm better prepared to be able to walk with my eyes on the Lord, my heart full of joy 
even through stressful and challenging situations. I think we all hope for resilience, but we tend to respond more out of our downward spirals. And we're talking with Daniel Fusco today at Swiss Radio. The Bible obviously makes it clear that the enemy's goal is to seek and steal and kill and destroy. And everything God's doing in this world is more about redemption, right? It's the love and grace that comes through redemption of Jesus stepping in and taking our place for the consequences that we deserve. And when we're trying to engage in community, we're trying to be more intentional with any time that we face a spiritual attack. But falling into that downward spiral usually is where the enemy trips us up, right? And now he's using our emotions and amplifying it there. He's using our habits and our hangups and exploiting that there. But Daniel, how have you learned to pull yourself out when that spiral just starts pulling you away and you want to get back on track? You said it so good that oftentimes our first reaction is not our best reaction. And so like I like to tell people that biblical discipleship, growing and learning from Jesus, it's always transforming our natural reactions to biblical responses. So the first thing we have to realize is that our reactions will often betray us. And so if you know that from the beginning, like if you get the right response, it's almost like shocking. I just had it the other day where, you know, I'm, I'm all Italian from New Jersey, which means that like I, I can talk and I get my sarcasm can be pretty swift and can be pretty biting. And for years, I've been working on this because I know that like, I want to build people up and not tear them down. I had a situation where someone said something that was, I can't kind of believe that they said it. And I was totally shocked that I didn't respond with something that was you know, more egregious. And at that moment, I'm like, wow, that is not usual. You know? And so I was really excited. It doesn't happen all the time that way, but I was happy that it did. So, but just knowing that my first reaction, the downward spiral, is apt to be a problem just knowing that. So when it starts, you say, oh, nope, that is not a biblical response. That is not me under the influence of the Holy Spirit walking in truth and love and grace. So just knowing that, and then we can stop it quickly. No matter how long a downward spiral lasts, either way, we still need the same thing. And the Bible calls that repentance. It's when we change our minds, right? We realize I'm on the downward spiral. The enemy is ripping me off. You change your mind, and when you change your mind, then it changes your direction, which changes your behavior, which changes your heart, which changes your outcome, right? And so when we catch ourselves, even at the beginning of the downward spiral, we just need to repent, not repentance unto justification or repentance unto salvation for the first time, but for the Christian, every day is a life of continual repentance where we're turning from going our own way and we're turning to follow Jesus. Yeah, it's like we get sucked into that spiral of just getting by and we want to break out of that pattern, but typically we just do the same sort of stuff. And like you said, repentance really is a key to sort of shift that right on its axis, huh? (laughs) Yeah, and like I love that repent was the first word of the gospel as Jesus began his public ministry. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And it's just like, wow. And I remember growing up, I didn't grow up in the church when I thought of the word repentance, I always thought of like some crazy guy frothing at the mouth, standing on a, a soapbox in, in Grand Central Station in New York, being like, repent, you're going to hell. But what I've learned is that repentance is actually a beautiful word of restoration. It, it's the cry of the heart of God to his people, his creation who has fallen to say, no, no, come on back. When you turn back, relationship is restored. Your hope is restored. And my purposes in your life are restored. Because now, instead of doing it your own way, for your own reasons, for your own purposes, now you're going to follow me, and I'm going to show you the glorious things that I want to do. 
when you break down the whole idea of repentance, yes, there's a part of it where you're confessing your sin, you're confessing your shortfalls and where you are, but there's a movement and a trajectory that's actually part of the original wording. Like It's actually turning from your sin with momentum in a different direction. I mean, that's so different than just, than just the stereotypes we think about old school preachers yelling at us saying, repent, repent, repent. It's like, no, no, no. I want new momentum and new movement in my life going in a fresh, different direction. I of this downward spiral. Yeah, and I mean, if you think about it, I always use, when I think about repentance, I always use the example of driving in a car. So like, you know, like I live in Southwest Washington, just north of Portland, Oregon, right? So if I'm like, man, listen, I want to go to California. I want to drive down to California, but I'm actually going north. I'm heading towards Canada. I already have momentum, but I'm just heading in the wrong direction. And so for, and, and so in order to go to California. I need to get off and go in the opposite. I need to start, stop going north. I need to start going south, right? And in the same way with our lives, our lives already have momentum in certain directions. And so when we realize, oh, this is not the direction that Jesus wants me to go in, we already have momentum. But now it's like we're, we're applying that, the reality of what God has for us. And we're saying, Lord, I want to change direction. Sometimes you need to pump the brakes. You don't want to just kind of, you know, pull up the emergency brake like you see on a movie or, or, or somebody who's really good at driving and they can just do that, that 180 pretty effortlessly. But we need to pump the brakes and we just, just let the momentum even drive us into the new direction. Because Jesus, when we take the step of faith, he empowers us by his spirit to head and follow after him. So it's really kind of a beautiful thing when you realize that, man, God wants us to make these turns because he wants to write a gospel-laden, a Jesus-filled story in the testimony of our lives. I think over the last couple of years, a lot of us have just stuffed a lot of our feelings and we're trying to be strong. We're trying to be resilient. We're trying to stay focused on the hope of Jesus. But in a lot of ways, we've taken some of the stresses and just stuffed them. And now we realize there's layers of unmet expectation underneath the surface that we haven't really dealt with. And we're talking with Daniel Fusco today at SWS Radio. And in your new book, You're Going to Make It, you talk about unlocking resilience by like starting by making a list of the stressful things that are in our life right now is a place to jump off. I love that you, that you brought this up about that we have, we've been bottling things up. We have unmet expectations and a lot of us have been stuffing it. One of the things that I do talk about in the book is that, of course, the writers of the Hebrews tells us that we want to run that race with endurance, but we do it by laying aside all the weights that ins- the sin that ensnares us and, and all the weights that we've taken on. And so one of the tools to really unlocking resilience is finding those safe people. Obviously, Jesus is the great physician. So in your own prayer life, but also having safe people around you where you can start to pull out all these things that we have allowed ourselves to be burdened by. One of the things that Jesus is always doing in my life Jesus is always reminding me, Daniel, my yoke is easy and my burden is light, but you're taking on a lot of burdens and yokes that I haven't asked you to. You're deciding that you need to carry that. And I haven't asked you to do that because I didn't create you to carry that burden. I've already taken care of it. So part of what God wants to do as we learn how to unlock resilience in the midst of a crazy world is to let Jesus we cast our cares upon him because he cares upon us. We let Jesus unburden us from things that we've taken on over through the years that we've carried those burdens. I, I talked about running earlier. It's one thing to run a marathon. I couldn't imagine how someone does it, but it'd be another thing to run a marathon carrying a hundred pounds of weight, right? It'd be way harder on our bodies. We'd be exhausted more quickly. And we'd probably, I don't know if we could even make it doing it. 
And so Jesus wants to unburden us from all of these things, and he wants to help us declutter our souls and our hearts so that we can walk forward humbly with joy and in his light. I know, and I think that's where we're going to find that momentum to move it forward in that different direction. Yeah, and we have to be willing to say, what I'm doing or what I have been doing is not working. I love that the Spirit of God dwells in us if we believe in Jesus. He wants to bring the truth of Jesus to the surface. And that's something that sometimes, I remember before when I was coming to Jesus, it was like, yeah, Daniel, what you're doing, this is not working, and that you need to get saved. And I'm so grateful for the conviction of the Holy Spirit. But now, as a believer for some 20-something years, the number of times where I sense the Spirit of God saying, Daniel, the way that you're doing this, it's just not working. This isn't going to lead you into my best. And so the Spirit of God wants to help us to reorganize our lives, to teach us new ways of doing life so that we don't just survive life, but we really learn how to thrive and blossom. The Bible calls that being fruitful in the journey that we find ourselves on. Well, we're talking with Daniel Fusco today at SWS Radio, and he's an author and a church planter. He leads Crossroads Community Church in Vancouver, Washington, and also has a podcast called Crazy Happy with Daniel Fusco. Hey, thank you so much for taking some time to chat with us today. Man, the pleasure is mine. It's always good to talk to you, man. Thanks for downloading the SOS Radio podcast. If you enjoy the discussion and want to help the podcast grow, you can make a $10 donation through SOSradio.net or inside the SOS Radio app. Thanks for your generosity. It helps us experiment with new things and keep the discussions fresh.